We are live today on Just Two Dads. It's a special show because it's going to be uh, just one dad. Uh, this is Brian Altunian. I'd say with my co-host, but uh, he's not here at the moment. So uh, today we have a special uh, a special guest. It's our it's our one year anniversary from the first time that Susanna Pius Lavelle uh, first joined Just Two Dads. So. Uh, we are going to talk about great things. We're going to talk about raising teenage girls into young women, that transition and invisible disabilities and a whole bunch of other great topics um, today on a special episode of Just Two Parents. <laughs> so we're going to call it Just Two Parents. All right. Welcome, everybody. Uh, this is Brian Altunian. Uh, I'd like to welcome everybody who's catching us live on on Facebook. Oh, look at that! My already already we've got. Look at that! We already have a great comment from my from my daughter Joe. Oh yes, hi Joe. If you're catching us live on Facebook, That's thank you. Baby. Put yeah. comments in there. It's just so sweet. Uh, put comments in there. We'll 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 bring them into the conversation. And if you're not catching us live, that's okay. You can catch us on our We Are Just Two Dads uh, YouTube channel. We are also on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts and all podcast outlets, Pandora, Spotify, um, iHeartRadio. I don't know. There are so many of them. And and you'll catch us on WSTX AM Radio down in the U.S. Virgin Islands. So welcome, everybody. We hope that you participate. Send us notes. Send us comments. Comment on our YouTube channel. Subscribe. Share them with your friends um, because we want to engage this audience. We are about... I know that we have said this for now over a year, but we're about to launch our website with resources and and all of the folks we've had as guests on our show, um, some amazing, amazing people that we've that we've um, discovered and shared conversations with over the last. Now I think we're on episode Susanna, we're on episode sixty six. I think 66, amazing, 66. amazing. Um, and so today. Uh, today, I want to, again, it's a, a special episode because one year ago, um, I think it's a year ago tomorrow, actually, one year ago was the first time that we had a chance to um, to meet our amazing guest, who is a um, mom of a of a daughter, of an amazing child with uh, who was on the autism spectrum um, and has a lot of other <laughs> a lot of uh, other issues. The most prevailing, I think, is that now she's a teenage girl. So it's probably the, <laughs> the biggest challenge out of all. Um, but Susanna is a, is, a, is a coach, an advocate, uh, uh, really kind of a, a, a one, one, I, one title doesn't really <laughs> properly cover everything that you do in the special needs community. Um, you're an advocate and uh, you, you manage part of the We Are Brave Together um, the, the, the support group out here in Los Angeles and Southern California and many other things and constant contributor and about to become a world renowned author. Um, so welcome. Welcome to the show, Susanna. It's great to see you again. Yay. Thank you, Brian. So, I miss you, Sean, out there. If you're, is he watching or he will? I, I, I think he'll, he'll catch it. <laughs> Obviously, you know, super huge shoes to fill. So I will not even attempt to fill the shoes that are Sean Francis's shoes. Um, but yeah, sure. I mean, just sort of reflecting back on the year, uh, we were just talking about it the other day. It, it was it was a day after the presidential election last year that right. I was uh, a guest for the first time on the My Two Dads, uh, Just Two Dads podcast. And since then, I think I've, been a guest maybe a handful of other times. Um, this is my first time sort of being like a guest slash, I'm going to call myself a co-host co -host, yes. today. Just one dad and one mom. Uh, exactly. And um, so, so it's, it's, it's always fun to reflect back on um, sort of what has transpired over the last year because so much has happened um, in terms of just the way that we've been able to co-create with content and delivery and being of service to our beloved uh, special needs community uh, with our virtual uh, our virtual summit that we did. And we have another one coming up in February that is going to be really geared specifically for fathers. And um, that is just going to be, I think, epic and um, very amazing. So I'm really looking forward to that. And um, that's going to be fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I love the, and, I, and I love the partnerships. I, I love the conversations that we that we have, and um, you know, because how this entire thing started. Just as a reminder for those folks, or if you're just catching us for the first time, Sean and I um, started this conversation six years ago, really in in the context of our business, and we are in the financial services business, and so we support families and small businesses and individuals with with their financial planning and estate planning and insurance and that type of thing. And, and as we were, as in fact, my daughter, Joe, who's an often, who's often a, uh, a viewer and a definitely a supporter of what we're doing as we were talking about our business and how we could look at, we don't want to leave any families behind. And, and Jordan had said to me, Hey, you know, what's my community dad? Like what's my community that I can actually begin to talk to about the work that you do. And I said, well, of course, it's a special, you know, the special needs community. And and that began a conversation that Sean and I had. I knew Sean's son, Elijah, was on the autism spectrum. And when I said to him, are you doing anything in this particular area? And we began to to talk about finances and planning. It's one of the things that I know that every family needs. But in, when you have a someone in the special needs community, our, our focus generally is on, like, what's my child doing? What, what can can he or she do today? Can she get through school? Will she have a job? Will will he be able to live on his own? You know, those are the kinds of conversations. Forgetting that, what happens to my child after I after I pass away, um, and is there a plan in place uh, for for that to occur? And as we began to meet amazing people in the special needs community, we and he and I just started a conversation. Like, why don't we just talk about these issues that that we face? And a lot of times, and by the way, we've had this validated so many conversations where a lot of times moms lead the charge. You know, you're a perfect example. You have led the charge. You are, um, you know, really leading the effort as an advocate for for your daughter, Arizona. And dads, I don't know if we just take a back seat or there are very, I can say there, I can't say there are very few because I don't know what the numbers, but the numbers seem smaller of the dads involved in the conversation and being an advocate. and. Sean and I were two partners who realized that our the our partners had taken on a majority of the lift, and yet we still had a voice, but the voice wasn't really being communicated. And the more that we talked, the more we thought, we're just two dads having a conversation about the things that impact the special needs community. Let's talk to other people that are are doing stuff in the special needs community. Let's see if we can expand the the reach and this conversation let us you were a, you were one of our first guests i'm really like early on in the process and for those of you if you've ever i don't even know if we have it still posted somewhere but like our one of our first episodes i think i i had a guest i was on the phone and we were talking to this <laughs> like it was so we are so technologically challenged not not that we've come that far since then but but I think that was in like August or September, and then you came on in November, and so we were just kind of getting in our groove and heard and discovered a lot of things in our conversation with you, um, and have and 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 I personally have learned so much from the conversations I've had with you, and um, and so yes, as we reflect on the year, sorry, I'm just sort of rambling, but as we reflect on the year that since we first started, by the way, that day after the election, we, there was no really officially a declared winner and i think you know right in, in in some some corners they would say well it's still not to be declared but but it has but it does it has changed the way we communicate with one another hasn't it? like what's happened in the, in the last year the pandemic the election challenges that we've had it's how it's impacted our our lives our work lives our our school for our children um everything has been has been impacted so um anyways I, I i a lot a lot has changed and and first of all we're we're sitting in we're sitting in a place that even two weeks ago we were not we were not in so i'm in a new office i have a new office that i'm in now and you are in a new home so not only has the world and, and, and our communication changed and our children have aged another year but even our even even that has has, has shifted where you're where you're actually sitting and that must have had an impact and Talk about that a little bit. Like, how has that had an impact on on you and in Arizona? Because a good place to sort of like lead into how we've incorporated changes into your into our lives. Yes, and so change, whether it's emotional change, physical change, external environment change, internal change, um, shifts, uh, transitions, all of that is typically very very challenging. Um, 
I would say for most individuals who are on the autism spectrum. And I like to um, describe Arizona as being on the spectrum with a lot of fun side dishes that sort of uh, you know, go along with the official autism uh, spectrum disorder diagnosis. Um, she also has an official diagnosis of ADHD. She has a sort of generalized anxiety, uh, not uncommon uh, with individuals on the spectrum. And then, you know, she also has a, another fun little uh, situation in that she's very highly allergic to a lot of foods. So food allergies sort of just kind of take over our entire life. Um, in terms of, you know, being the most prohibitive uh, in terms of like traveling and engaging in social en engagements and, you know, even sure. going to restaurants, there are a very few that we can go to safely, uh, knowing that there is also not any cross-contamination in the kitchen. It's, it's, a, it's a lot. Um, but, you know, sort of getting back to the uh, subject of change and transition, I will say, so Arizona, my, my beloved teenage daughter is now 15 years old. From the time that she was born, she has now lived in eight different homes. So this, wow. is, her eighth, this is her eighth home experience for various reasons, nothing sort of ever really planned and not planned. It, for whatever reason, we have moved that many times. Now, um, in the beginning, when she was really young and didn't sort of understand what was happening, there wasn't really much acting out around the change and transition. Um, when she started getting older is when she got more connected to her things and wow. her stuff. Um, and I would say that was just sort of a form of being able to control things um, when she felt so out of control in other areas of her life and wasn't really able to fully express herself yet and her feelings and understanding and processing what all of those things meant. So for her, control for her was like, I'm going to have my things and that is going to keep me calm and sort of regulate it. And so she has a lot, so she has a lot of things. They might be like little things, you know, she might have all these little dolls that have like, you know, different pairs of shoes and outfits and so on and so forth. She accounts for every tiny little detail of every little thing. That's just how her brain works. Yeah. And there's only so much space, uh, you know, on this earth. So and, and then there are Christmases and birthdays. And so you're always getting more stuff. And um, and then she gets attached to that stuff. So that's kind of yeah. her in terms of like feeling like in control. OK, so I know where my stuff is. I need my stuff. Um, so moving from place to place, usually you have this beauty, I think it's beautiful because it gives you the opportunity to sort of assess what you have, decide what you just don't use and don't need, purge yeah. that, create the space for something new, even if it's just new energy, and then just move forward. That does not work for Arizona at all, ever. And, huh. so, um, and so we have this process and the last couple of moves as she's been older and sort of more aware of what's going on, you know, she just holds on to every little stuffed animal and every, okay. And again, there's so much stuff. Yeah. So I have to, you know, admittedly, you know, say, um, this is a confession, you guys. Uh, <laughs> about two moves ago, a lot of her stuff just got lost. Ah, uh, in the move, yes. Because I wasn't- Because it happens, it's lost in the move. I know, but I always want to be as transparent as possible mm. with my child. Like, I just want to give her the information so we can process it through, not in any sort of way that puts any more power on it that needs to be. But I do like to just tell the truth. And I didn't that time because I was like, <laughs> I, uh, uh, I, I don't know, the moop, it got lost. I don't know what happened. So now, though, what we do is we say, okay, you know what? We're going to, what would you like to be in your room with you when you first move in? We have a whole process around that. We create a visual schedule. We write lists. We go through each item. Her behaviorist who comes to the house twice a week was also a very big part of this process. So that was like on their agenda Helpful. too. Yeah, 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 in terms of, okay, what's gonna go to the house? What can you give away? Now, her giveaway pile was like this little. <laughs> 
And it was like random stuff like a shoelace, you know. What I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, but then we made this we made this agreement together. Like, you know, we have this wonderful and amazing um, housekeeper who helps us. Her name is Lillian. She's been with us for a long time, and so we say, what are the things that we can give to Lillian's nieces and nephews? Oh, beautiful. That can be so great for them that are toys and, and items that you really just don't play with any longer. You're so mature now. You've grown out of these things. Yeah. Okay, mama. Okay. I can, I can give some things to Lillian and then maybe they can just hold on to them for us, you know? And then that is her way to sort of bless and release those items because she yeah. knows they're going to go somewhere. It's not super nebulous. Um, she'll never see them again. Trust. Um, I will mention <laughs> not the, 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 the barn yard set again. Yeah. And then that makes her feel like, okay, so I was part of that process. I was part of that, you know, um, decision around where my stuff is going to go. Now the yeah. other aspect, the other big aspect, am I talking too long? No, no, it's great. Okay. The other big, okay, because I'm going to keep going. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other big sort of aspect around the transition to, and moving is, okay, but no, but this is my home. I've created this to be my home. And yeah. uh, two moves ago was really, really, or no, no, yeah, two moves ago was really, really challenging because we had come from a home that we had sort of built from scratch. Mm. Yeah. You know, terms of like being part of the entire process of picking out all the fixtures and her being a very big part of the process, like that's going to be my room and here's how I want. And I would like the, a window here and a window, there. I mean, built from the ground wow. up. Yeah. And so moving from that home, which was unexpected, but things happen. Um, she was just kind of like, this was supposed to be my forever home and you are disrupting my life. You are ruining my life. And I <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of hear that every other day anyway, for some reason. <laughs> or other. Again, teenage girl. Yeah. Teenage girl. It just um, across the board. But because we had made it from that sort of big, you know, feeling to the last house that we lived in, um, and we and, and Arizona was able to quickly real because I kept saying, you know, Arizona, we are home. We are our home, right? right. And right. after we had moved everything out. And she had seen the new place already. I took her back to the old house and I was like, nothing was there, right? I said, look, it's just a shell. So we create, you know, we are like artists that, you know, have this blank uh, canvas to create um, what we want our homes to look like and how we want to feel and the energy that we bring. And so our last house that we lived in, which by the way, was like night and day opposite of the house that we lived before in terms of like external sort of features and, a yeah. complete night and day. Um, but then our, we were in the home and we created the same memories and experiences in that home, like could not have been more cozy. So I was like, Arizona, we know how to create a cozy home. No matter where we go, we will create a crazy home, a cozy home and crazy home. Yeah. I know. <laughs> well, crazy home too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but yeah. It's yes or no? And she's like, yes, mama, yes. So this well, transition was much smoother, not without bumps, uh, sure. but much smoother because of our lived experience. Yeah. Having gone through. Well, I, I was, I was going to say what you're, what you're talking about. And, and the thing I think we mentioned a lot as we have these kinds of conversations is that, is that this transcends the special needs community. I mean, I think these conversations with children about impermanence, especially when it comes to moving, you know, and that, and exactly what you just described, which is we're the home. It just happened to be living in this particular, and you know, this particular shell, as you say. Um, I think every, I, I, not every. I'm just, I'm generalizing, but I would think a lot of children go through that when they've, when they've been, when they've been, you know, born and grown up in a home, and then they move. How many of us remember our childhood homes? I mean, I still remember. There's still, I still have memories of certain you know, a hallway or the room or how our beds were set up and all of that stuff from the, from the place that I, I grew up in. And, and I'm, you know, that was a long time ago. Um, and so we all have those memories imprinted uh, upon us of our home. So, you know, what you've just described is, is, you know, I think something that's, that's fairly common for, for children, but it's interesting because the way you deal with it, taking into consideration the fact that, that how Arizona processes. And I think that that's the thing that we've that we can say that parents of, of children who are in the special needs community is 
we're more aware that our children process information differently. And so we pro provide and present the information in a way that helps them process it so that it makes so that it makes sense of their world. Would you agree with that? That's for sure. That yeah. that's really, I mean, you know, again, and for those, you know, Jordan, you know, didn't not on the on the spectrum, but but you know, some 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 learning issues and some cognitive issues, but you know, processing information in a way that that you know she can take the information in bite-sized pieces or whatever, and then be able to to and, and by the way. For those who don't know, Jordan is now almost 26. Oh my God, she's going to be 26 this month. Um, married, living in upstate New York, and she and her husband are rebuilding. Um, the you know her her, her in laws live in this massive house uh, in um, in an area upstate New York, and they're building their apartment, a three bedroom apartment in the what was formerly the top floor of the attic area, really. Um, and they're doing it by, you know, from scratch. And so watching her get, ex she, she'll FaceTime me. I don't even know if she's still on that right now, but she'll FaceTime me with like, oh, you got to see this. And it'd be like, the room will be all, you know, drywalled and, you know, now we're going to patch and now we're going to paint. And so how they're transitioning themselves into what was a shell into now a livable home that they're building and they're creating. It's, it's, it, it's fun to see. But she processes the world a little bit differently. And so I know when I have conversation with her, I have to present information that is easy. Oh, she's there. <laughs> yeah. That 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 you know, we have great we have great conversations because you know, I, I understand how she, you know, how she processes in, in, information. Um and, and again, it's it's fascinating and amazing to see that to see the progress. And so, you know, again, I went through the <laughs> we haven't really talked about, but the but the teenage years for girls, um, so we should talk about that for a second because you are right in the throes of it. And by the way, I have a teenage, a neurotypical teenage son, and I'm going through it too. It's this, this, I don't know what happens to these children and they turn into demons of some sort. Uh, and then they come out of this process. It's almost like true, like we're watching metamorphosis occur. And then they turn into these lovely people uh, who, you know, we, you know, we love and adore. So Jordan is, I love talking to her, her husband because it's Is really that what happens? Is that what happens? Is that what happens? Yeah. Yeah. They'll, yeah. They'll, 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 she'll be like, she'll be lovely again. You guys will be best. You guys will be best friends. Right. Mark Twain used to have this saying about, about him. He says, you know, when I was seven years old, my dad knew everything. And then when I was 14 years old, my dad knew nothing. And when I turned 21, I was amazed to see how much the old man had learned in the last seven years. <laughs> right. That's the transition that occurs, I think, you know, and, and again, Maybe. I'm a teenage, right? And I'm a teenage son now, and all of a sudden, I'm a complete idiot, you know, according to him. <laughs> yeah, I just asked him, like, what, so what do you do on Snapchat? What's that all about? And I was like, I asked him, you know, to solve the world hunger problem. He's like, you know, bah. Um, but, um, you know, it's like crazy, like Halloween hasn't ended for us. But, but and 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 the hormones that happen at the teenage years—that is something that you know exacerbates a lot of this. So, tell me about that. How is that? How is that? How's that been in your household? Oh my goodness! Hormonal. Um, well, first of all, can we go back to Jordan really quickly? Oh yes, of course. I love talking about Jordan. Um, so, Jordan, can you tell me when Jordan's birthday is? November nineteenth. Okay, so November nineteenth, Jordan will be twenty-six, yeah. right? And so you kind of mentioned a bunch of different things that about who Jordan is today at the age of 25, almost 26. And so I just want to take a moment to just sort of acknowledge what is happening today with Jordan at the age of 25, almost 26. And then if you take a snapshot of, of what is right now, what is real and true for her right now, right? And then you go back 23 years ago, 22 years ago, 20 years ago. Yeah. And you have that sort of snapshot of time and space of what you knew to be real and true about Jordan at that time, right? And what the profession professionals, you know, uh, doctors, therapists, assessors, so on and so forth are saying to you about the trajectory that this child will, you know, be able to move forward in this life 
Yeah, it it was it was quite a shock, and 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 I don't know if it's part of. Uh, <laughs> as she continues to comment, um, it was a shock because it was a it was it was jarring in that it it shattered the picture that we had for what we thought our was going to happen with our child, the image of where you know we thought this you know where the, our child was going to go and what our doctor said to us was all of the things that she wouldn't accomplish and that what? she wouldn't be able to do. Um, and that was 23 years ago, 23 years ago. And, you know, we didn't have, I mean, we had the internet, but we didn't really like the internet wasn't as, we didn't have a lot of resources that we, we knew of. And, you know, we were told she wouldn't graduate high school or drive a car or live on her own, have a job. She wouldn't, you know, she would, she would need assisted living her whole life. That's what we were told. And like, like 18 months old, like, how does, how do you make that, how does that, how do you make that diagnosis? And she was a, neuro, a well-known neurologist and, and, a, and a great reputation. And, you know, some people would have just said, okay, I guess that's it. I guess that's, that's the, that, that's the label. So let's deal with that. Uh, we were not that way. We were, uh, whether it was out of denial or out of like just pure, like we're, I'm going to prove you wrong, which is probably more where I came from. Um, we did everything we could to, to try to give Jordan the tools to be successful at every step in her, you know, in her life from, from surrounding her with, you know, people who loved her to putting her in school environments. And we tried a bunch of different school environments. Like you have eight different, <laughs> you have eight different places where you lived we had 12 different schools from kindergarten through 12th grade. So we tried everything, homeschool, charter school, private school, public school, you name it, we tried it because we wanted to give her the best opportunity to succeed. And I think that at the end of the day, every parent should be focused on that. You know, don't be satisfied with just putting your, your child in the, you know, in the high school, that's your homeschool because it's where you live and it's convenient, it's easy. We want to put them in an environment where they're going to have a chance to win and be their best selves from the time that they're a child all the way through, you know, adult, early adult. And so thank you for, for the, for acknowledging her because who she is today is, you know, she drives to work. She works at a school. She's a, she's an, an she, she's been an aide in, in a classroom for of special needs children. She's now studying. She's getting her to, she, first of all, graduate high school. Now she's studying for her, her, um, her AA, she's getting her college degree. She drives a car. Um, she's married. She has a stepchild. Uh, you know, she's, she's an amazing, an amazing being. And there, there are times when, you know, our, our, our adult children <laughs> still act like children, but for the most part, she is, she is getting to the point where she is as a BA. Now she's corrected me. See, this is this is what happens with a child and a parent. She's getting a BA, not an AA. She's getting her BA, um, her BA degree in in ed college. So, um, you know, but this is what happens. And to your hopefully for you, it's been one of those things where you can look at and see. I'm really just dealing with what my child looks like now and what I'm dealing with today, and looking at it from an aspirational perspective. Like that's where she's going. All the things that have been defined for Arizona were the things that were, you know, pre predefined for for Jordan, and those are limitations that other people place on us. By the way, neurotypical too. But other people put expectations. That's on right. Us. That's right. And, yeah. You know, so doesn't mean you have to live into those expectations. You can you can excel and succeed, and Jordan's done that beyond our wildest dreams. So that's been a great thing for us. Yeah. It's been amazing. So thank you. I just, yeah, I just always like to take that pause. Um, you just want to see me cry. That's what you like to do. You well, like to see me get my leaky eyes. Leaky, leaky eye syndrome. Uh, you know, it. well, it's, it's touching for me because I, you know, in the special needs world, for whatever reason, our experience has been that it has been largely boys. Um, and, you know, yes, girls sprinkled in here and there, but, you know, there have been many, many, you know, group therapies, social skills, camps where it's Arizona is the only girl. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's hard for me just, you know, listen, in, in the neurotypical world, men and women, we're so different. Boys and girls are just different. Um, and so Venus Mars. I'm not trying to make a generalized statement, by the way, because I understand there can yeah. be some fluidity and so on and so forth. But, you know, I, you know, Arizona, so it's been, it's been challenging for me as a mother of a daughter to sort of find 
you know, my little lighthouses along the way of what it's going to be like to raise a daughter for the next, you know, sort of stage in the game. You know, I mean, puberty was a big one, like hormones kicking in. I was like, oh my, what do I do? You know, <laughs> I, have, um, I have one friend, Nancy Broderick, uh, my dear friend, Nancy, who has a daughter who's two years older than Arizona, also on the spectrum, Some, you know, challenges there, anxiety, so on and so forth. And I met her when Arizona was maybe four or five. And so I have, she's always been my person. Like, okay, so yeah. what happens when? Okay, so what happens when? What? Because she's two years ahead, right? So, so I, I guess all of that to say, it's just always so nice to follow along um, Jordan's journey to the point where I can just have a conversation with her. You know, yeah. I'm just learning through you about what's going on with Jordan. I have FaceTimed her. I have been on a Zoom with her. Um, I was going to participate in one of her school projects for her BA, uh, but it turned out um, she needed like a certified teacher or something that I didn't really fit into the exact criteria for. But still, we she connected with me about asking me if I could yeah. be doing that. So I, um, you know, I don't know what the future is going to look like uh, specifically for Arizona, but what I do know is that she has the tools to express herself, to speak up for herself, to advocate for herself. She has the desire to be independent. Um, she was asking me for something in the kitchen the other day and I was like, okay, yeah, go go ahead and go get it. Well, mommy, I just want you to get it for me. And I was like, learn life skills. Oh, you just want me to be independent. You're teaching me how to be independent, sure. And also, don't bother me. Like, <laughs> and also, get your own snack. Get your own snack. And she she can she can get her own snack, but sometimes she just she just has this emotional neediness of wanting me to be part of her every process, which is a lovely and beautiful thing. But no, thank you. Yeah. You know, yeah. no, thank you. So um, so anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, I I'm just. It's I'm excited. I'm energized by everything that can be possible for and, our children. Yeah, no, for sure. And so can we talk about boys for a second? How's that been for her? Has that been a new boy? Life? Oh, yeah. Boys, boys, boys. <laughs> um, well, you know, I think she doesn't quite. This is the this is the beautiful innocence of um, of having a child who is differently wired. OK. Yeah. So uh, first of all, she doesn't care about what other people really think about her in terms of like what she wears and how she looks. And, you know, she's just very, it's a beautiful innocence that I, you know, wish more of our young we people all had. had. Yes. Yeah. Um, and she is starting to be aware of having attractions to people and have, and people having attractions to her. There, there's this one, boy at her school who is like the sweetest ever. And he's just had a crush on her for years. Um, and he's in, you know, her social skills group and some other things. He has an aide at the school too. And he just, you know, is always like, you, Arizona, you are the rose in the middle of thorn. You know, oh he just gets so embarrassed. Mommy, mommy, but I just don't want him to say something. Things. And I was like, wow. And I'm thinking, I want someone to tell me. <laughs> um, and so we're working through that to the point where she's just like, well, I just want to be friends with him. And I'm going to tell. So she understands like attraction. And um, and then yesterday or two days ago when I was picking her up from school, she said, yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of boys have crushes on me. And I was mm. like, OK, all right. How do you feel? Yeah, that's fine. I think maybe I'm a hottie. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Love that. Anyway, let's um, work on your addition, <laughs> addition and subtraction of polynomials. <laughs> like, let's <laughs> the most important. Um, so anyhow, but yeah, I just I think she's understanding. I don't know if she really grasps uh, yeah. what it actually really means. I think she can sort of surface level say, say oh, those two people are in a, a relationship that's a romantic relationship because they're attracted to each other. Those people are in a relationship that is a friendship, not necessarily like a partnership toward coupledom. Um, yeah. I think she, I think she 
gets it literally, uh, but I don't know. I don't know if she really knows. Yeah. I, I don't know if she really knows even what she, what it is that she desires for um, in the future. She's again, she's fifteen, uh, and and she is sort of much younger in terms of maturity. Really, and I I want to hold on to that as long as possible. For sure. For sure. I think, and I think, you know, dads would feel the same way about their daughters, right? We'll keep our, our daughters innocent as much as possible. And the boys are going to be a disaster anyway. So let's let them run, <laughs> let them go and run their head first into a wall. That's okay. Cause they're just going to get out of there. They're just going to do stupid stuff because that's what boys do as teenagers. Um, but, um, but that, that, that's sweet. But going back to what you had said about, you know, the pausing and looking back, where is she today relative for, for you, relative yeah. to where when the first diagnosis? Yeah, and um, so so like you were talking about in the beginning where everyone was telling you what Jordan would not be able to do. Yeah. Can't do this, won't do this, can't, will always need support, will always need help. Same, same thing for us. And Arizona, we, we probably realized something was going on with her when she was around two. And by two and a half, she had, you know, like 10 diagnoses. So it was sort of a short window of time to just sort of even process like, oh, there's something different. And then all of a sudden, bam, 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 bam. Uh, that was very challenging. Um, but I always sort of look back at that time and refer to it as the checklist of nevers, you know, mm, because yeah. All of these nevers, your child will never do this, your child will never say that she loves you. Um, and if she does, she won't mean it. She'll just be like sort of speaking rotely and echoing words. If she has um, friends, they're not gonna be real friends. She won't be able to really make real friends and connections. She's always gonna need help her entire life. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on, and I'm sure yeah. our were probably very similar. Yeah, uh, and sure. um, and it was gloom and doom, really. I mean, I I well, we talk about this, you know. Jordan's 25, Arizona's 15, so there's still 10 years uh, between them, and even still, um, there was not a lot of support. Yes, we had like you know full blown internet <laughs> 10 years ago. But um, there was not a lot of support. There was not a lot of resources. I didn't have any connection to any families that I knew of in the special needs community. I barely had girlfriends who had kids, you know, yeah. sort of yeah. like the first of my friends to to have a have a baby. And I, you know, I grew up with a lot of siblings and I have cousins and nieces and nephews and so on and so forth. But when it's when you're in it, it's a completely different experience, right? For so. Sure. For um, sure. So I, yeah, the checklist of nevers, I, I always like to just say, oh, guess what? We checked off another checklist of uh, <laughs> last Friday, for example, uh, five days ago, Arizona had two friends come home with her after school. First time Wow, ever. wow. Time. Yes, and, um, and it, they, they, you know, it's not, she corrected me, it's not, a, I'm thinking, oh, you're gonna have a play date. Mom, it's not oh, a mom date i'm not three it's a it's a hang babies, babies have play dates mom i know i i, I know it's but that's, hang. that's like the last time friends I, I mean you know we have friends you know she has friends I have, I have friends who have kids you know we have sort of a social life with um friends and community but for her to schedule and organize with her friends hey let's have a hang after school now that's i have awesome. to coordinate a bunch of stuff with the moms of course um, but I picked them up and they had a plan and we had, a, they got out early. We had some lunch together. Arizona was so nervous and so shy, so nervous. It really took her almost an hour and a half, two hours to just be okay and connect with them. But she has lunch with them every day, you know, at school. Um, and they're both neurotypical and, you know, just like teens, like, as most teens are these days. And it was a lovely experience and she had the time of her life. But I was like, this is a huge milestone. Yeah, for sure. Huge milestone. I, it's almost like you wanna, you wanna, you've got your list of nevers, you wanna have your list of firsts, right? Like, 
you want to create a list of the first time they've done something that, especially if it was on the list, you can cross well, off. Not only is it not a never, it's we've done it. Right. Yeah. And I call, yeah. And I, so, and I've been calling it sort of my milestone list, but only because milestone. yes, it's the first and then so many more, so many more like okay, yeah. this and so much more. We just start here now and then we right. go up um, or expand or however you want to, whatever lens you want to look at it through. And already she's talking about let's, when can we plan our next hang? And this time I want to invite this other friend. And I was like, any day, all day. I yeah, will, for sure. whatever I have to do to <laughs> arrange yeah. my schedule to make that happen because um, it's just priceless. These experiences it's, for her. For sure. And one of the concerns that we always have as parents of children, you know, who are wired differently is the social interaction. Are they going to be able to, you know, and, and again, especially as teenagers, teenagers where people where children are, you know, kids are ostracized, they're bullied, they're, they're left out there, you know, there's so many things that, that, that can happen. And so the socialization um, is one of those that as parents, I think we're always hypersensitive about. And so when we have, when we have a great, <laughs> some great success, it definitely is something to be celebrated. Definitely makes a huge difference. So I'm curious. I, I, you know, we haven't, I haven't had these experiences yet with Arizona, but I'm always like, you know, people are always asking like, oh, have you gotten to the mean girl stage yet? Like mm. have, have mean girls, you know, entered into your life? We really, I, and I don't know if we're just in this lucky bubble or, or what, but you know, Arizona, <clears throat> we have not experienced that. I saw this clip, someone sent me this clip last week where uh, it was so heartbreaking there was this girl with special needs i think this was like kentucky somewhere in the south girl with special needs and all these other girls invited her over for a sleepover and they filmed her and um and when she showed up they beat her up and the the moms were even involved in like making jokes about it and ha 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 and i was like oh excuse me i'm sorry who because uh, I would be going to jail that day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, for certain. So I, I, but we, I've never even had a t t tinge of that experience with Arizona. And again, you know, I, I am quite hands-on with her. You know, my schedule is organized in a way that I can be flexible to pick her up from school every day. Uh, but I, I just, I'm wondering if, if you have experienced, and even with your other daughter, Gabby. Yeah. People. like well what so, do we, so how do we protect but then allow them to live and experience what do we do but here's the thing i i think that you're, you're bringing up something that's really you know that's really interesting and significant because the reality is our children only experience those those mean let's use that as an example the mean girl experience if they process it and they take it as you know they take it to heart they take it personally like oh my god they were so mean to me but if you but if you're if you don't process the information that way, you don't come home brokenhearted. Like you don't come home. Uh, and and I'll and I'll tell you this: when when Jordan was in, oh God, I want to say it was like second grade. She was in a private school in in in, in Southern California, and there's a lot of studio. You know, they they literally had to call all of the parents of the girls together, the young girls of second grade, the young girls, to have them be aware of of the bullying that was happening in second grade the mean girl stuff was happening in second grade and we didn't experience it because jordan didn't process it that way like it wasn't like if they were mean to her she doesn't she didn't it didn't register with her so we were like really mean girls at second grade like that's so weird and to the other parents are like oh we knew that this was gonna be a problem and what do we do with them like they would like then we're gonna be proactive but because she didn't process it that way it wasn't as it wasn't as much. Now, as she got older, and the funny thing about Jordan is, even from the time that she was about two years old, um, she's been fascinated with with boys and men. Like literally, like at two years old, I remember her sitting in a high chair at a restaurant, and <laughs> we were in we were in Hawaii, and the waiter was this you know Hawaiian, and maybe it was just because he was just looked a little bit a little different. It was a Hawaiian, beautiful Hawaiian 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 teenage boy, and I remember her sitting in her high chair just going like as he walked by, you know, just like. <laughs> totally mesmerized you know from the time that she was two years old so she's always had um an active friendship relationship with boys 
And that is where mean girl stuff comes up because other girls don't like it when the boy of interest is, you know, somebody else is showing them attention. And so as she got older, the other girls were take would take it out on on her and in, and in fact we had an incident oh, not to get too deep into the whole conversation but we had an incident in high school and when her first year in high school as a freshman where she was being helpful to a girl she thought in in saying you know you should told the boy you should go out with my girlfriend you know because she that's what she did she was very social and uh, and the girl took offense to it and actually physically harmed Jordan in as, as, as a reaction. That's how the whole, that's how the whole, you know, incident occurred. Um, wow. Not to get into details about that, about that incident, but she, she physically took it out on, on Jordan and Jordan didn't understand because Jordan thought she was being helpful. So the social socialization aspect, um, Jordan's always, he could always hang with the boys and, and have fun with the boys and have fun with the girls too, but never really had that mean girl that mean girl experience because it didn't process that way for her. Um, Gabby, Gabby is interesting because Gabby's two years younger and, and Gabby, <laughs> Gabby internalizes everything. So whether or not, if there's a mean girl thing happening, Gabby would internalize it as, you know, and I mean, I, I think, I think, you know, Gabby bursts out into tears, you know, more often than, than me and my family, which is uh, saying a lot. And, uh, and so for her, I'm not sure that she really experienced mean girls as opposed to just sort of in general, the socialization. She's, she's, she remained very shy and didn't really, you know, she kind of limited her interactions. She sort of limited her own, she's self-regulated, limited her own exposure to, to the mean girl thing. But that's a very real thing in, you know, for girls growing up in school. And it's part of the socialization. Unfortunately, it seems to be common and seems to be part of the socialization. So... The fact that Arizona hasn't experienced it may just be because she's not processing it in a way that that is is um, is is hurting her, um, which is great. And again, something to be thankful for at the moment. And that may change, right? That may that may shift. That may change. Yeah. She may not be invited to a party or something, something yeah. like that, where she'd be like, right. right. That may be the thing where like, oh, that was the that was innocence is is still there. Um, and and. So Arizona has had an aide with her every day, all day, since she started first grade. So the aide, um, but also the aide would tell me as well. You know, sure. so, and, and and there really has not been, Beautiful. there really has not been any sort of thing. And I, you know, I'm, I'm not waiting for it to happen. Um, but I do know that, you know, certain things now she would, have very strong reactions to, you know, because she's starting to feel those emotional connections with friends. Yeah. You know, um, I, we had a moment last Friday, full transparency, one of the girls, so I was going to take the girls home around four 30, the friends who came over and around three 30, one of the friends was like, I'm just wondering if you could take me home a little bit earlier. And I was like, Sure. And I, I, I literally had this ouch moment, like, wow, they just, they're, they're just, they yeah. can't tolerate hanging out with my child, which by the way, was absolutely not the case. <laughs> she just said, no, I have this headache. Um, and I was like, okay, great excuse. You know, I, but <laughs> when I, when I mentioned it to her mom, she's like, oh yeah, you know, she got hit um, in the jaw with a soccer ball the other day. And ever since something's off, I need to take her to the doctor and, um, and she, to her credit, like I took her home, she went straight to bed, took some medicine and went to, but, but I had that moment. I had that yeah. tiny little moment of like, my, my child, you know, yeah. Yeah. she's losing out on an hour with a friend that she's been looking. So, I mean, that did not affect her by the way. She was like, okay, you know, so literal. Oh, yeah. she has, she has to go. But I, you know, I was internalizing like Gabby, like I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, out my child. And anyhow, I, but, but I realized like, I just have to let it all go. Right. Yeah. I, I can do what I can. And it's important for her to have these experiences too. I don't want to shelter her, shelter her yeah. from the world. Right. I want to protect and you know, just like the fact that she's had experience moving to eight different homes and knowing now that she can 
create a cozy home no matter where she is in whatever environment. For is. sure. Well, and the next transition for her, the next major transition for her will be from middle school to high school. And a lot of times that's when things begin because besides hormones, um, the, a lot of the children that she's in middle school with may go to different high schools and people that she didn't go to middle school with will be going to the same high school as her. So massive change in the social makeup um, it went in that transition. And depending, I mean, I remember, you know, Blake is, Blake is now 14. He's a, he's a, he's a freshman and very few of the, of the, of his schoolmates from middle school are going to his high school. Um, mm -hmm. So he's, he had a transition, you know, into a whole new set of, you know, luckily for him, he plays sports. So he was able to acclimate because he had, a, you know, baseball as a, as a sport to be the thing that he could. That's why clubs are so such a big deal in high school, right? All the clubs, chess club, at, you know, theater, all that is because it gives you a place of belonging, a, a, mm. a place where you can go and, and create a new, smaller social community within the larger social, you know, larger community of the high school. So, um, you know, one of the things for Arizona will be to find either friends that she went to school with and or a club or something that she can be a part of so that that transition is a little bit smoother and is in a group of friends that will be supportive of her. Um, and, and, and vice versa. So, but that's a big transition. That one's coming next year. So. No, I'm. <laughs> about to unstrap on. Well, <laughs> um, luckily for her, she will still have an aide with her all day. And she's okay with that, by the way. Uh, interesting. Because she's always had one since she was in first grade. So she doesn't have any issue with having someone, having a helper. She's okay yeah. with um, And so. I, I'm just so grateful that she's going to have that experience uh, with somebody at her side yeah. who can, you know, sort of take a step back, but also advocate when necessary, but also let me know what's going on. Um, For so sure. That best support my child. And, sure. you know, Arizona is, she's already 15. So technically she could be a sophomore in high school, but she's in eighth grade, obviously, you know, our own sort of timing for everything that work perfectly for us. Uh, so yeah, I will we'll just have to see, well, and, <laughs> you know, it, and we'll make changes if we have to, like we just right. know that's the thing. You have, to be flexible. You have to be flexible. And, and the, and the great thing is, and so for, for people who know Susanna and I, and I live close enough in proximity that, that Arizona will be going to the same high school that Blake will be at. So, um, they'll have a, they'll have a, you know, a, a friendship there and so she'll have somebody that she you know who will be in the next grade um that you know i'm hoping you'll keep an eye out for her and and, and protect it's the same high school that jordan went to for yeah. her first her first year as well and so as she's responding like it's a big school and it is a it's a very large I school gonna, i was gonna ask how many so right now arizona's middle school i think is like 1300 students 3900 students at hamilton High. Okay. It's a big school, <laughs> but that's why they have created smaller schools within the school. So right, 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 right. And I know yeah. thus far, Arizona is really interested in the theater. Of course. Uh, It'll be a great place. And it's a, and it's a, it's a much smaller community and it, it, they have, it's almost as if it is a school within a school, four different schools as Jordan is, is commenting. Oh my goodness. I can't, okay. I can't even, no, I can't. I know it seems overwhelming. And yet at the same time, you know, again, Blake is not, you know, his, 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 he's less focused on academics. Gabby was very involved. She wanted to be involved in every single thing in the world. Gabby did like 50 different things. When she graduated from college, she had a major and three minors. I mean, so, yeah. but Blake yeah. is like, he could care less, you know, yeah. he's just playing baseball. <laughs> you know, he just wants to play baseball. So it's less, it seems less daunting, uh, you know, so because he's not really that focused. And so, yeah, Jordan's, posting the different kinds of, of, of school that they schools within that, that particular school. So, but it's a transition. And to the whole point of this conversation is like, we've, you know, we've been friends now for a year, we've talked about things and the world has transitioned in the last year, like the entire world. We've seen massive changes in a lot of the ways that we do things. Now we've got, you know, 
cryptocurrencies, which are changing the way that that, uh, you know, the global currency system works. I mean, that's on a grand scale. We've got politics in the United States that have been is completely different than what it was, you know, 10 years ago. And communication is different. We're we're zooming. We're, you know, using social media to communicate. And the world is a different place. So we've all been going through the transitions. And some of the challenges that we've seen in our world are, are reflective of the fact that we're trying to adjust to massive transitions. So the fact that our children go through it, we're just, we're, it doesn't end. I think that that's the bottom line, right? It doesn't well, end. Yeah. And I, if, yeah. If Arizona's lived in eight houses, that means you've lived in eight houses. You've had to transition. True statement. So, right? Yeah. And I, and I look at her moving to high school as like, that's going to be a big shift and change for me. Eighth grade has been a, shift and change for me in that I can now like drop her off right in front of the school instead of parking a couple blocks away wherever I can find a spot and walking her in and literally handing her off to her aide. I don't have to do that anymore because she has made that another milestone step for that independence of literally right in front of the school, but still, you know, I well, uh, you know, in a year or two, it's going to be uh, drop me off two blocks away and don't come anywhere near the school. <laughs> Just leave no, me that, all that, that is not going to happen. She held my hand when I picked her up the other day, and that is always going to happen. <laughs> my hand. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah, no, it's you know, there's there's a, there's a there's a great uh, there's a great um, uh, a gal. I think she's on. No, she's on. I think she's on TikTok. She's probably on social media where she literally has a loudspeaker. And when oh, her son, have you yeah. seen, and her son walks off to school, she tells him, you know, you're like horribly embarrassing things. And most <laughs> of them not true. You know, um, we're going to get your rash looked at, you know, uh, should have the reports back from the rash. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's horrible. Abusive. Okay, the kids think it's hilarious. And she's like, I love you all. And all the kids wave to her. So, they, you know, but I used to yell, yeah. I used to yell, you know, as soon as she would walk out, you know, make good choices. You know, those are the kinds of things that we all do as parents. Um, and, and, you know, I saw my brother drop his, my nieces and nephews. Uh, they were like, do not come near the school. And he would right, right, right. roll the windows down, lock them so that they couldn't roll them up. And they would blast like ACDC loud oh, to oh, drop yeah. them off in school. Oh, yeah. We, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's the one thing that the parents, you know, we get to do is embarrass the crap out of our kids. So, <laughs> <Right>. um <laughs> <laughs> but um, but those but but anyways, the fact that she still wants you to walk around and, and you know hold her hand, or she wants you know to be part of of that process. To your point, cherish that, hold on to that because it goes it goes it goes away so fast. Uh, Blake is like seriously, do not like keep going. Just drive down there and drop me <laughs> off at the corner. <laughs> don't don't say anything. And if you say I love you, I'm going to you know I'm gonna go crazy. So um, our babies are both growing they, up. They grow up. They all grow up. Um, but you're doing an amazing job. Excuse me, an amazing job with her. And and she's a she's such a uh, a precious child. And and you know I've been, got a chance to spend some time with her. And she's I'm I'm there. I I don't think that a single time has gone by where I thought to myself, such a brilliant way that she processes the world. It's so fascinating to watch. It's amazing to me. Yeah. It's amazing to me how she how she how she how she processes the world. And it and there's you know, there's no, there's no, it was, we all know with our, when our children, they process the world differently. It's just different than the way we've done it. And there's no wrong or right. It's, it's, it is amazing. I was, Stephen Hawking didn't process the world the way neurotypical people do. Like it's, it's incredible. It's incredible to see. And I, I love watching her progress it. And you're a great mom and you are a rose among thorns because you <laughs> really do uh, amazing work and not just for her, but for other moms single single moms and other moms of of you know of children that you know have challenges and so the work that you do is is incredible so you're you're awesome and i love having you on the show and i love being partners with you and all of this and we're on an hour already we're our show is well, already I was an hour say, can we get to our first topic now i mean <laughs> <laughs> well this things <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm always happy to sit in, you know, as the one as two dads and one mom, or just one mom and one dad. Or, or, you know, one of these days I'll just have the show to myself. Yeah, um, there you go. That's it. We're going to give the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. Always grateful to be here. 
it's great to great to have you and and I, I'll I'll end the way I always do it. I would say you know now and this is a perfect example, right? Now, you know, empathy and love is what is is what will make the world a better place. And if you see somebody who's going through something, be empathetic. You have no idea what challenges they're dealing with in the moment in their lives. And you know, if you can look at the world with lenses, you know, through the lenses of love, the world would be a much better place. We would have you know we, we would have understanding and that at the end of the day is, is is what we again now more than ever so i thank you for being on the show and our one year friendversary and um i hope we have many more years of this and uh love being in i love being in in the world uh with you and i'm inspired by you on a regular basis so thank you and uh to everybody who's listening to us thank you for tuning in joe thank you for commenting and folks thanks for you know share the show share the ideas send us your ideas of things that you'd like us to talk about in the future other things that you'd like to hear Susanna talk about, we want to have Susanna do more, um, more of these. And um, and if you've, you know, as Sean would say, if you're hearing us, no matter where you are, we love you and thank you so much for being part of our Just Two Dads experience. Have a great day, everybody. Bye. Bye, Susanna. Bye. Bye.